Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. And a throw. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Alabama's third-string quarterback, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Nick Saban's anger management coach, Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. All right, so uh, Missouri faced the uh, toughest game of the year, of the millennium, last night. It was uh, an ugly thing, but as to be expected, they ended up losing 39-10. to 10. <laughs> Good news is, is if I saw this information was correct, we'll be like thirty years before we have to go there again. <laughs> it's so, like twelve, yeah. I, isn't that it? I think it's every. I saw an article on Twitter that said it's like unless they change things, like Missouri won't come to Tuscaloosa again for like thirty years, and it's like I, I don't think crazy. it can't be right because usually we play each team in the West once. At Either home way, it's going to be a while. It's going to be. Years. There's a good chance the three of us might be dead. It's <laughs> a real good chance. Very good chance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh anyway, yes, it was it was ugly, but there are a couple I mean there were, let's let's go through the very few positives we had first. I, I will say this. Uh as badly as we got whipped by twenty nine points, it was the second closest game Alabama's had all year. I think uh Texas A and M got beat by twenty two points, which was their barn burner that Alabama's had this year. So then it was us. Then we made them punt. Yeah, and we made them punt, which they haven't done since Texas A. It showed it showed their punt <laughs> game is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's weird how Alabama Alabama is so good. It, it just proves how little importance the foot actually has in football because they can't kick, and you're the best team in football. They had a 13-yard punt, which showed some rust. And Nick Saban looked like flames were coming out of him. I don't know why they have a punter. You could save that roster spot for somebody else and just have some dumbass go back there and kick the ball because he only kicks it like 10 yards anyway. Well, I assume some of their players that are, you know, they're all five stars at every position. I assume mm-hmm. some of them can also punt. 
Well, they're just not allowed to play soccer in Alabama. That's true. Um, that's against the law. So uh, they just don't have any kids that are really adept at it. So That's a good point. So um, I've basically run out of good things to say. Oh, no, there's one other good thing. I think we kept Alabama. We, we made Alabama stall in the red zone like four times. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they were in the red zone four times, and they got there easily. Sure. And those were just the ones they didn't get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, that now, I think, is the end of the good news, maybe? Sure. Mm, pretty much. We thought we knew Emmanuel Hall wasn't going to play, and he didn't. But it wasn't for injury's sake. They said it was because his father unexpectedly passed away on Thursday, which is, you know, nasty, nasty news for Emmanuel Hall. And we feel bad for him there. But it also didn't help Drew Locke and company. I mean, this is a third straight game without uh, Drew Locke. I mean, do we know definitively that he would have played had his? No, I don't think he would have. I honestly don't think he would have. And I think it was a a strategic move by you know assuming there was not the family emergency, the death in the family. If I'm Barry Odom and I've got a guy whose groin is healing. You know you're going to get beat by Alabama. Yeah. Why put him out there? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you put him out there against Georgia, frankly. Now, especially, I mean, okay, you use him as a decoy for the first quarter, but how long can you do? I mean, they literally ran him out there for the entire game and never even looked in his general direction. And never scared Georgia once or never put them off of their defensive game. So that hurt us on the offense, I guess. But I think what we've learned and what we've seen, you know, the knock on Drew Locke all year long, his whole career long, really, has been that, he puts up great numbers against bad teams, and then when he plays games against teams who have winning records, he does this. He does this, and uh, I'm sorry, we're out of excuses. I think. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about Hall not being in there. We can talk about Brown not being in there. There's always going to be something, but better quarter, yeah, the top quarterbacks overcome. He's and also got two amazing tight ends that were both available to him. That, yeah, and and also there were a lot of things Drew Lock did that had nothing to do with Emmanuel Hall not being on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. there was one play where he just like dropped a ball. He held onto it for too long and they just let go of it and cause a turnover he had interceptions in the end zone he just didn't look good he yeah, looked I mean, he interceptions looked scared. happen but you don't throw him don't throw him in the red zone he i mean pumped, god pump faked in the end zone then got tackled he could have thrown the ball for this you know oh yeah the safety. safety there's the safety he just looked terrible Here's what Drew Locke reminds me of, because the, everybody talks about how it's, his numbers are kind of a mirage. Mm-hmm. What I think Drew Locke is, he's the guy out at the country club who wins the long drive competition yeah. every year, mm-hmm. but has never won a golf tournament because he can't do anything else. Or, mm-hmm. or when he's in real competition against other real golfers, nothing happens. You know, he, he's drive for show, putt he's, for dough kind of player. He's, he's Blaine Gabbard. Well, I don't chased. even think he's Blaine Gabbard. I think I think people thought he was Blaine Gabbard won games. <laughs> well, regardless, he's more Blaine Gabbard than he is Chase Daniel. You know this Heisman talk. I mean, I wanted to believe it too. And you know, he does have a spectacular arm. At time, he flips his wrist and throws it for fucking fifty yards in the air, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I fall in love all over again. But I have to sort of check myself and go, the guy doesn't do anything in big games. The guy doesn't win. Big game. I think they put him in bad spots last night, too. Brennan and I talked about him rolling out left, which means you have to throw across your body consistently against Alabama. Yeah, we were talking about that. I'm like, everybody's so impressed that Patrick Mahomes can do that because not very many, you know, like there's a handful of people in the world that can do it. Derek Dooley wanted fucking Drew Locke to do it multiple times in that game as a designed play. I'm like, are you fucking... It's not... It doesn't work. He threw short on two of them. I mean, it, 
Hey, you, you know this roll. thing that a handful of people in the world can do? We yeah. want you to do it consistently. Yeah, against the best team and, in the country. Yeah, against the best team in the country. And we don't want you to do it by accident. We want to plan for you to have to do you this. We want to save that for the thing. combine when no one's tackling you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the weird thing, too, about this game on the defensive front is that, of course, Alabama scored on a long touchdown in their second play from scrimmage when Cam Helton was one, one of his famous plays where he likes to not be on the screen yeah, when the sure guy he's supposedly that. covering sure. uh, scores a touchdown. He looked awful. Uh, we looked awful. It was embarrassing. And uh, apparently they said afterwards, Barry Odom said afterwards, that Cam Hilton thought that another safety was going to help him on that play. And I was hey, like, man, you are the safety, fucker. <laughs> yeah. You're, you are the help for other people. Yeah, how, how often do you see the two deep safety cover two look for the fucking Missouri Tigers? <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> no, I mean, he thought maybe this one play. Uh, super <laughs> secret safety back there <laughs> yeah, waiting to help exactly. him out. He is fucking Terrible at playing football. Yeah, him and AC could both be jettisoned into the directly into the sun and yeah. improve his team. I feel like I don't know who's behind him. But Maybe he thought Pig Brown was going to run out of the stands or something <laughs> yeah. and help him out. I did. I did again see the same thing I bitched about last week, which is celebration by those guys oh, yeah. when Alabama just you know misplayed, Shift dropped a ball, dropped a ball, did when something they that they Missouri. did. <laughs> Real boner. Now AC and Cam Hilton had nothing to do with the play. They were they were just lucky. Yeah. But then they they strut, strut around, around like baby roosters, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're Deion Sanders yeah. back there. They're not, yeah. So uh, yeah, they are frustrating. We it is weird that we we made Alabama punt. It, we somehow apparently by uh, allowing Tua to dive, we knocked him out of the game, which drew Alabama fans to say that we're the dirtiest team in the SEC yeah. because their guys were starting to get hurt, which is their biggest fear in games like this. Sure, just sure. not getting hurt. Yeah. It was our biggest fear too. Well, yeah, we knew we were going to lose. Sucks that he got hurt and they had to put in a guy that's twenty nine and two and has won a national championship <laughs> yeah. and also caught him. a reception earlier yeah. in the game. It must it must hurt real bad to watch. That happen. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, one of those guys, though, that's, that uh, ultimately college is a, is a disservice for him because he's not going to play quarterback at the next level. So, what he's going to do is get drafted like in the third round as a wide receiver. It's or Terrell Pryor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's going to spend his entire life trying to learn a new position and yeah. never really achieve anything at the NFL level because Nick Saban forced him to be a quarterback. Yeah. And I'm sure he wants to be a quarterback, but ultimately, if a kid could look that long-term into his life right now, he'd be like, hey, you need to make me a wide receiver right now. We need to start running the route tree now. So when I get to the NFL, I don't get drafted in the fourth round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, where do we stand after this game? I think that's kind of the best way to look at this because I didn't get nearly as mad last night as I did get South Carolina because we should have beaten South Carolina. We should not have beaten Alabama. I will say this. One, it is the first game. We talked about the Georgia game, the South Carolina game, where we looked like it was, we weren't a team that didn't belong on the field. We, mm-hmm. they didn't look bigger and stronger and faster than us. We just fucked up our chances. This game, we just didn't look like we did. If we didn't turn the ball over yesterday a bunch of times, that game's not that out of hand. But we handed them the ball on our side well, I mean, of the field just multiple like against Georgia. Times. What does this team do? I mean, what, that is our our motto. Our our family crest is a, just a guy with his fucking foot being blown off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's Missouri. the announcers last night said, "Oh, so many self inflicted wounds by Missouri." I'm like, that's that's just wounds yeah, that's for what us. We do. We we, we <laughs> just wound ourselves. Yeah. Hey. That's our jam. You know what I mean, guys? That's our jam. That's what we do. It's like we don't know which end of the gun to point yeah, out, you know? Exactly. And, yeah, it, and, and turns out when you do it against Alabama, bad things happen. Sure. And it leads us to a scary part of the season because, um, you know, I don't know if you saw, but Memphis played UCF last night and, and nearly well. beat them. Number 10 UCF law, uh, beat them by one point. So that's what we get to face oh, at homecoming. Not only that, Tennessee also won. Yeah. Against Auburn. Uh, Florida. All these teams that we Florida have. Florida 
now six and one. Yeah, it's all these teams we have to go butt heads with. And Flor- Florida may realize they have to play Alabama in the championship game and start losing some games on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's scary. And then the question becomes the punt. The yeah. punt where Barry Odom was like fourth and two and punted earlier in the game. It's like, do you understand what's on stake here, Barry? Like, you're not winning this game unless. You know, God himself comes down the field and interjects. Like, you have to roll the dice a little bit if you want to keep this game anywhere close to in check. And he's like, no way. Uh, I'm going to play super conservative. It's like Barry's on Xanax because every time he should be up someone's asshole, (laughs) he's just standing over there looking like, you know, the targeting penalty, he should have stuck his foot up at a referee's ass. Yeah. You know, it's a bad penalty. He should have screamed on the spot of the one ball where they called it turnover on downs before they even started to review it. He just stands there and lets him shove it up his ass. Well, I'll say this about Barry. He's reminding me of. Kim Anderson, and the point that there was a big contingent of people out there who just didn't want to see the problems because they liked Kim Anderson. And I feel like that's where we're at. I'm not saying Barry Odom's getting fired. Not necessarily even saying that he should be. Just saying that people are starting to make excuses for him and like pretending they don't notice the fact that we have these self-inflicted wounds. I mean, it is pretty obvious that we are an undisciplined team. And if you just kind of looked at it objectively against other teams, you'd go, hey, we do do that more than other people, more consistently than right. other people. And that's probably an issue. But it, just like with Kim Anderson, people just are turning their, their eyes away. They're averting their gaze. Yeah, they've already jumped on the team. And so or off. Yeah, or it's just, off. It's I mean, just like with politics. Yeah. Everybody, once they pick their team, they blind themselves yeah. to, you know, when their team does bad or when the other team does good. You know, yeah. they just can't admit. Yeah. Reality. And that's once what we're at with Barry. A there's, a, there's a there's a contingent of them, like uh, T.J. Mo, for instance, who are just like I'm Team Barry, and there's no amount of self inflicted wounds and no amount of poor discipline this team can have that's going to change my idea that Barry Odom should be the coach for the next 15 years. And well, I'm not saying he shouldn't be the coach for the next year. I'm just saying like to not identify that there's a pattern in these losses is to be foolish and bury your head. In the Barry's sand. like the guy that takes over his dad's really successful business. Yeah. And then kind of slacks off because it's been so good for so well, many years. Yeah, it's kind you of give right. a couple of your buddies some free drinks, you know, whatever the fuck of this business is. But it just the business is still going, but it's yeah. just not what it was. You're what not making it? as much money, yeah, but you're still making. Things money. are a little sloppier. The service guys are late yeah. more. Consistent you're buying other businesses. You're you know you're not taking care of the one you already own. Uh, I smell an analogy of the year candidate <laughs> yeah. for next Ms. Oscars. Yeah, I want to circle back to that uh, non-punt or that punt we did on fourth and two mm-hmm. because I think that is emblematic of one, one of Barry's problems, which is I know what is I think I know what his mindset was there, which is I'm that, a pussy. Well, <laughs> I mean, ultimately maybe, but uh, I think what he's thinking at this point is that when you go for it on fourth and two this early, when you start going for it, that's when you that's a that's the move of a desperate team, mm-hmm. and it's too early for me to be desperate. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play straight down the, the middle on this because we are still in this game. He doesn't understand this team who he is or who Alabama is that's exactly that's what my point is that's fine I understand that mindset but but you also have to look at the reality of you're playing Alabama and you're not going to win this game and you have to do the crazy things and if you you are some fucking one percent chance going to win this game it's going to be you're going to do it by going for it on fourth and two it's like the year I mean if you're going to win those are the things you got to do that stuff I mean I understand not doing that against South Carolina but you do You've got to pull out the stop, so to speak. Well, and and you know our running game wasn't setting the world on fire, but I have confidence they can get two yards against. Them. They were they were yeah. the only ones getting first downs. Absolutely, 
Yeah. It, it was like the year Georgia upset Alabama and Mark Rick let the whole team run onto the field after they scored the first touchdown and got mm-hmm. everybody jacked up. Yeah. You have to give them hope at some point mm-hmm. or think you trust them. And again, I circle back to where we are in the season. We expected to lose two or three of these games. Instead, we lost three of three. Not the end of the world. And also, we have been here before. Yeah. We've been here before. Last season, everything was in the absolute toilet. Worse than this year. Oh, sure. And we circled things around and everything looked better. Now, we, I think we do have a tougher road to hoe this year, mm-hmm. but also we've been here before and we shouldn't get too mired in the shit. And, and people. Well, I'm in the well, shit, the Brendan. I'm, not, I'm in the well, shit. Well, everybody gets on here and says, says, I'm done. I'm done. I'm never watching another Missouri game. And then the next year we hear them say the same thing. So, I mean, we're all liars when we talk yeah. about that stuff. We take the abuse. We come back for more abuse, but, but Love it, it gets better. It does get better. Well, I hope so. And I, I'm not ready to, like I said, pull the plug on Barry because this is Alabama. This is what's supposed to happen. Now, granted, right. as usual, we're an undisciplined mess who cre- who who makes self, it worse. Yeah, who stabs ourselves in the eye, and that's been three straight games and basically, basically Barry's entire tenure. But this one game shouldn't get people so revved no. up. No, you know what I mean? Like fucking Alabama. Yeah, I mean these guys are going, you know, going to break off a mop handle and jam it up your ass. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's uh, their mo. They're bigger, they self-inflicted. Yes, worm. they're bigger, stronger, faster at every position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're it's like better than the Terminator. Us. Yeah, it's broom handle time, fellas, and no lube. Yeah, it's Alabama, and you know what? Whoever they play next, here comes the broom handle. Mm-hmm. So we're what we are. They're what they are. Everybody's got to chill out. Well, Colin, as you know, my girlfriend's from Mississippi, and mm-hmm. she turned to me after one of those horrific plays, the interception in the end zone, and said, "You know what? This is the SEC." Everybody takes their medicine from Alabama. Welcome. That's this yeah. is this is part of it. Yeah. So exactly. you know, there's good and there's bad and this Welcome is the to bad. Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Broken mop handle. <laughs> That's right. Mop handle in the Tuckus, part of being in the SEC. <laughs> Go get yourself some good Greek food. Yeah. That's all there is in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, guys, you want to hear what the uh, listeners thought of this game? Of course we do. Well, of I th- course we do. I got some uh, predictions what they might think, but let's go ahead. <laughs> I bet and- someone says fuck. <laughs> let's go to the old mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Drew Locke, what the fuck, man? I feel like what once was supposed to be the saving grace has now just become a fucking curse. The props to the defense for fucking sticking up. The Alabama not giving up after Paul gets kicked out. Still third quarter when I'm calling, but, you know, hey, what can you do? M-I-Z. We can lose. That's what we do, little buddy. Hey, we're covering the spread at halftime. That's better than most teams. Our Heisman quarterback still sucks balls, and our <laughs> coaching still sucks, and we're losing. I don't think there's anything new to discuss here, and fuck uh, Kansas. God bless. I like when somebody's like, I need to call them to tell them there's nothing to discuss here. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. Same old, same old. Boys, I went ahead and drank seven beers before the game as a little... It's a little lubrication for what I was about to see against Bama. It wasn't enough for the second fucking play of the game to see Cam Hilton get burnt yet again. Ah, oh, it's going to be a long fucking night. Oh, it's going to be a long night. Fuck us. Oh, shit, boys. As I speak, Tua took a hood of her to her. Incorrect. He's down on the ground. He's hurt. Oh, shit, we might, we might have a chance. Oh, fuck. They have a national championship winning quarterback as a backup. Fuck. Boy, can't wait for basketball season to start. MIZ. Hey, boys, shoot the fan pillow here. Early in the game, getting our fucking shit fucking pounding up our assholes early. Is it 
possible for this fucking team not to look like straight fucking hot garbage? Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. <laughs> Guess not. Fuck Odom. Oh, yeah. Fuck the Paul Farnbutt. Fuck you. I'll fucking kill you. You're a piece of shit, Paul. Fuck you. Love you guys. Bye. That's all you talking about us for a minute. Oh. My. God. What the hell was that field goal? Like, is Andy Reid coaching us right now and telling us to use timeouts? Just like the goddamn Chiefs? Uh. Drew Locke is a Heisman candidate? Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> hey guys, there's about four minutes left in the game. 39 to 10. It's my thoughts on the game. We're not playing that bad. But one thing I have to add is Locke. I tweeted that you guys this earlier. Locke is overrated, in my opinion. Anytime the lights shine the brightest and he plays first competent competition, he's horrible. I don't know why. I mean, I think a lot of Mizzou fans gravitate towards him because he has that NFL arm talent that makes you excited about him. But as a senior, he's just not as good as he should be, I feel like. And, you know, I'm a 15-year-old kid, so, I mean, what do I know? Especially when Probably I shouldn't even be listening. dumbass TJ Moe, <laughs> and I tell him how bad Drew Locke is, and I tell him how bad Barry Oden is, but don't even get me started with TJ. I hate him so much, but yeah, <laughs> I like this kid. On it, uh, I want to know if you guys agree with me, but thanks. We agree with you, and we think you're smarter than your years. Yeah. We didn't cover. Fuck, fuck, Emergency. Well, drinking into this game is starting way too early. And nothing, Alabama. Already looking shitty. We'll catch you guys at 21 nothing. Slur in our speech. M-I-Z. Man, this is fucking bullshit. Second straight game, the SEC refs have not thrown out the asshole who throws a punch at a Mizzou player. If these yep, diabetic yep. all-stars in Alabama really want to fucking throw down, we can fucking throw down. The Union won, you fucking pricks. <laughs> but Grant was a great man. Uh, not Grant. Oh, I'm sorry. Lee was a great <laughs> man. Sorry, I did that wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Therese Hall got thrown out for a bullshit uh, targeting penalty, but one of Alabama's players took, is up, or Mike, by Mike got three, bag. three punches and a knee to the butthole. And, and, and he got a, <laughs> And not in the way that people pay for it. Yeah. Like, like some sort this of wasn't like a woman doing this yeah. to somebody. Mm-hmm. It was a grown-ass man. No, no feathers involved. No. <laughs> yeah, and he got like a tisk-tisk from the officials. And right back the that was the one that pissed me off the most about Barry, because it happened. I would have walked on the field and said, we're not playing until you look at it. it. There's been so many of those things. It's like, Barry, why are you letting them play with their headsets working and not ours in yeah. South Carolina? Why, are why aren't you raising a fucking stink? If they can go back and look at targeting, they can go back and look if a guy threw three punches and well, a butthole knee. While the guy's on the ground face down. Let's add that point. And to, never yeah. touched the guy that threw the punches. Yeah. I wasn't mean, even engaged with him. Uh, you know, we were only trailing 13-10 at one point. Boy, mm-hmm. I, I almost wanted to take a screenshot of the screen and be like, hey, how about this? It doesn't look awful. I didn't. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And you well, that's what? why I wanted to take a screenshot, because I knew it wouldn't last. Yeah. Yes. Alabama was good enough for not getting a fucking bullshit target. Fuck Barry Odom for not going for it on fourth and three. M-I-Z. Yeah, we covered that. Well, you know, and we are hard on Drew Locke, and he deserves to be hard on. Like, he's thrown, he threw two red zone interceptions. That interception against South Carolina should knock him out of the fucking first round of the draft, in my opinion. That was how bad that was. But the receivers have not helped. As as is as per usual, yeah. um, you know, I saw more drops yesterday. Let's just call him Jay Cutler. Ooh, God, Jay Cutler was a 
asshole. Like, I don't think Drew Locke's a bad guy. Well, think of another analogy, and we'll call him that. He's Sam Bradford. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, Sam, again, the, Sam Bradford the, won in college. Well, that's true. I just mean from a standpoint of, like, hype and then go to the NFL, like, because I don't yeah. think that Drew Locke's going to be anything at the NFL level. Well, anyway, that's been the mailbag. <laughs> Drew Locke lacks what I hate about Baker Mayfield. Grit? The swagger, like, the, this, the, this... A this, nine-and-a-half-inch cock. Well, no, that just... That he grabs during the game. No, yes. Just the, like... You can tell, like, nobody would be more surprised if they, they didn't succeed than Baker Mayfield. Like, he believes in himself. There is a certain, like, air yeah, about him. You have to, I think you have to have that. Yeah, or, or Pat Mahomes, you know, you just, you watch these guys and they just, you can just see it all over them. They ooze, like, self-confidence. Like, no, if, the, if those fucking two guys don't end up wearing gold jackets by the end of their careers, no one will be more surprised than they are surprised. Right. But, like, with Drew Locke, I don't see any of that. He reminds me of, like, Mark Sanchez. You okay. know what I mean? Like, when he was drafted. Mark Sanchez, to me, was always like, I mean, the guy seems like a nice kid, and, man, he's pretty good. USC's pretty good. I mean, maybe, but I don't maybe, see that. Maybe Drew Locke is Brody Croy. I didn't believe it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't believe it. And, like... With guys like Baker Mayfield, he's undersized and shit, but he's like, nobody believes in himself more than himself. I mean, like, you know who was a little bit like that is Tim Tebow. He just had fucking zero talent. Like, literally threw a football worse than I do. But mm -hmm. I just don't see it in Drew Locke. You know, yeah. he can pretend to put a little backpack on after the one of the, you know, one in six fucking terrible plays. He makes a good one. Yeah. And again, he, he puts loses. a little backpack on. Yeah. That's a little, you know, braggadocious, but he's it not doesn't speak to me of like, He's not planting flags in the middle of the Ohio yeah, State exactly. Field. Yeah, exactly. You know, all the things that made Baker Bayfield the broiest asshole in the world, you also knew, like, nothing's going to intimidate that fucking kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what I think it ultimately boils down to. Drew Locke goes into these big games. He's intimidated. He starts hot dog watering it. Hot dog He is water. emblematic of our entire roster, of our coach. You never thought Chase was going to be that way. Well, Chase was that way, though, from the standpoint of, like, he was, people, you know, I remember people talking about what sort of an arrogant dick Chase mm -hmm. Daniel was. Well, of course he was an arrogant dick. Nobody believed in himself more than Chase Daniel. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Because on the biggest stage, when the lights were brightest, Chase Daniel fucking delivered. Yes. Yeah. That guy had a fucking 10 inch cock, scared. I'll guarantee yeah. it. That, that's the deal. It's the guy in the bar with the big dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and when Drew Locke's putting on his backpack, the problem is it's a uh, Door of the Explorer backpack. <laughs> Hello, kitty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. Why don't we take our first break of the day? We'll come back with some Kansas news, and we may have a special guest. This is the Mazadcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And we are back. This is the song Apple Eater by Bald Eagle. Send your music in as well to mazodcast at gmail.com. We'll play it for you. On the line with us now is head coach Barry Odom, who's flown back from Tuscaloosa and is uh, going to have a conversation with us about his thoughts on what happened down there when Missouri lost to Alabama 39-10. Coach, thanks for joining us again. 
Hey, boys, good to hear from you. Coach, people are a little upset. i got to admit, you know, we've had a real tough run, three straight games, three straight losses. I think the general feeling is that... Uh, hey, man, everybody can cash me outside. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that is great, Barry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Caleb, by the way. Yeah. Coach, yeah, he's always with us. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Coach? Anyway, I, I think a lot of people are <laughs> upset because they feel like we're kind of doing it to ourselves a little bit. You know, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, a lot of turnovers, a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people say that goes back to coaching. Well, I would say that those people don't know much about football or strategy because, hey, man, ain't Barry out there playing football. If Barry was out there, he'd have 27 sacks and four touchdowns by himself. Yeah, but isn't it your job you know, to find the next Barry? You guys have so, so plainly explained to me before. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it your job now to find the next Barry Odom or to coach up the what could be the next Barry Odom to make sure we man, do that's, something? That's literally impossible. That's like... <laughs> looking for a second jesus well you know there's only first jesus and then there's jesus jr but yeah. he's not the original jesus i don't know i, I don't know what book you're reading but uh I'm, you're losing me a little bit coach it's in the book of tebow oh that's the guy's name yeah that's jesus jr okay tim tebow yeah we could use him i guess but uh anyway coach your boy drew lock let's talk about drew he does not look that great i'm i'm starting to be worried he might not win the heisman <laughs> yeah you think <laughs> yeah, that guy's not fully really playing very well. Yeah, why, why not? Well, you got to understand about Drew is that uh, he's, uh, I don't know, uh, a Wilton Lily, you know? I don't hey, know about man, that. Hey, man, he might be able to coach that out of him. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that that might be the way to go. Well, I want to get to how we turn it around. How do we get Derek Dooley and company to fix this offense? I mean, you I tell know, me, fellas. Man, I'm out of, I'm out of ideas. Oh, we want you to tell us, Coach. I mean, we got Hall coming back and Nate Brown. Surely that'll help. Who are they? You're your wide receivers, buddy. Oh, yeah, those fellows. Yeah, I don't pay much attention to them. They're Dooley's problem now. Yeah. That's why I hired him. Yeah, yeah I did notice during the uh, press conference after the game, somebody asked you what you thought about Drew Locke's performance, and you said, I don't know. I haven't talked to Coach Dooley yet. And that did surprise me that you wouldn't have your own original thoughts before talking to your offensive coordinator. Well, man, how am I supposed to know what to think unless <laughs> I ask Coach Dooley or Fox News? <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, you're coming back to Missouri. you got Memphis for a big homecoming game next week. How are you going to prepare for this Memphis team who doesn't look too bad? They uh, had a really tough game against UCF. Golden Knights, who, as we all know, were one of the national champions last year. Hey, fellas, you know that I know I know Memphis inside and out. Yes, you do. You used to coach and, there. Uh, listen, I'm not scared a bit because I think, you know, Memphis is not a uh, powerhouse, so Drew will play good. They don't aren't particularly a storied program or, or even that good so i mean drew won't have any reason to you know crawl inside his shell as he loves to li do so very often and uh you know we've got a really good running game despite the fact that you know i mean gosh you guys saw it you know them boys can run the football yes so, they you can. know i think we'll be okay yeah Hell, i feel like cam hilton i mean there's no place to go but up as far as the defense is concerned yeah that is definitely true i mean uh what's going on in the secondary those guys are just they're never in the right spot so I guess basically I have no plan whatsoever. I don't plan to change anything. I'm just assuming that things will get better because, goddamn, they couldn't get any worse. <laughs> I'm afraid they could get worse, actually, Coach. And if they do, well, I hope you're wrong. Your job's in along the line, you know. Oh, I don't think so. I just talked to Jim Sturt the other day. Yeah. And he seemed like he was perfectly happy with the things way way things were going. So I think we're all right there. Well, I don't know if you know how um, athletic directors work, but they tend to say everything's fine until it, they say it, it's your fine. No, no, no. Guys, listen, listen. 
I went up to his office the other day. Yeah. Um, I walked right into his office unannounced. He was talking to a guy named Hugh Freeze. And sure. I, he, I said, he said, hey, coach, what are you doing here? And I said, just check it in, buddy. How's it? What do you, how do you, what do you think so far? And he said, doing real good, coach. Can you get out of here? I'm kind of in the middle of something. And I said, all right. And that's the extent of the conversation? Yeah. But I don't know said, that I'd he be. He said that things were going real good, you know, so. Uh, yeah. all's, all's right in the world. I don't know how much confidence I take away from that. All right, coach, you know, you're three and three now and the season hinges on next week and what's come. And the teams we've got to look ahead to are all doing better than we thought they would by this point in the season. It is not going to be as easy as last year when we ran up against a bunch of teams that were about to lose or did lose their coaches. So, hey, uh, how do you feel about it? Well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier. You were just talking about uh, Jim Sturk, you know, maybe not having all that confidence or am I worried about my job. Look, I just got a text from him. Hey, Barry, do you have Lane Kiffin's phone number? Now, would he text somebody that uh, he's he's cross with? You know what Lane Kiffin does for a living? No, I've never heard of the fellow, but I, and I don't know why he'd think I'd have his phone number. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's texting his old pal Barry. Oh, I just got another one. Who's Brom? You guys know a fellow named Brom? He's looking for a guy named Brom's phone number. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you ought to just maybe don't respond to those in a while. Play coy. I, I, I guess so. All right, Coach. Thank you so much for talking to us. I know it's been a tough week, a tough three weeks, but hopefully you'll get her turned around for uh, I don't Saturday. Know, don't feel too bad for me, fellas. I mean, it's really not bothering me near as bad as things to bother everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's, it's whatever. You know, it's a job. You know, some days are going to be better than others. Yeah, that's a good point, but uh, we do hope to, for uh, better things ahead in the coming weeks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. All right, well, at least Coach doesn't seem to be too uh, distressed by the uh, three-game losing I streak. I, I feel like it would make people feel better if he felt a little more distressed. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if he felt a little bit of urgency. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's cheer ourselves up by going to our old favorite, Kansas News. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, Sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Kansas Republican vows to send lesbian Indian Democrat back to the reservation. Uh, Kansas Republican officials under fire for a social media post in which he called a Democratic congressional candidate a radical socialist kickboxing lesbian Indian. <laughs> she sounds awesome. I was going to say. And predicted she would be sent back to the reservation. Oh, boy. Michael Colney, a Republican who holds the elected position of precinct committee. He's one of those guys screaming for civility in politics. <laughs> yes, civility. Precinct committeeman in Kansas was referring to Sharice Davids, an openly gay Native American lawyer running to unseat Republican Representative Kevin Yoder. Davids is an amateur mixed martial arts fighter because, of course, she is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colney sent the language in a direct Facebook message to Ann Pritchett, the president of the Johnson County Democratic Women's North Chapter. The message read, Little Miss Pritchett, you and your comrades' stealth attack on Yoder is going to blow up in your leftist face. Leftist. The real Republicans, all caps, will remember what the scum Democrats tried to do to Kavanaugh Demon-crats. in November. Oh, your, boy. Your radical socialist kickboxing lesbian Indian will be sent back packing to the reservation. Not backpacking, sent back packing to the reservation. <laughs> the, yeah, right. Split the infinitive there. Yeah. Uh, Pritchett told the star she was stunned by the message. She said that. Really? Really? In this day and age, <laughs> that stuns you? <laughs> she thought, we literally have 
fucking pedophiles running for, for fucking Senate. David's office confirmed the candidate had seen Colony's message. This message does not represent Kansas values, and it doesn't represent the values uh, of Republicans. I'm pretty sure it represents <laughs> Kansas values pretty well. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty well. Anyway, the Kansas Republican Party is walking back those comments and saying they don't reflect their values, mm-hmm. and I'm they are sure. the kind of nasty personal attacks that are all too prevalent in politics these days. No, I agree with that. So, anyway, yeah. I don't know what you're political stripe is but uh yeah it doesn't have anything to do with who, who's who it's just the uh, behavior the, this sort of behavior has become very t- all too normal all too normal small alligator found under vehicle in kansas sure an alligator in kansas that's makes just all the sense in the world <laughs> all those gators in maine yeah, yeah it's maine justice <laughs> uh authorities say a small alligator has been found under a vehicle in a suburban kansas town police in olathe say a face yeah you know what Brendan? yeah you think this is uh, some sort of crazy? It's a suburb in Kansas. This is a white rich kid problem. You yeah. think like, oh, this is just weird rednecky Kansas typical stuff. But right. I'm betting there's some sort of I bet the well-to-do was, white kid that no, owns an alligator. Nope, alligator's trying to fuck that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something they do there. Go on. I'm just making a little prediction. All right. Police in Olathe, Kansas, say in a Facebook post that an animal control officer recaptured the gator earlier this week. The post says, something you don't expect to see in Kansas. The alligator is spending the week in a shelter before heading to a reptile rescue in Manhattan, Kansas, next week. Yet this, alligators are not allowed to live in the city. Now, I don't know if that's some sort of uh, old law that says, so we don't, no, we don't take your kind around here. We don't know who owned this. Not yet. Apparently didn't have a collar. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> I just like I said, this this smells to me of like mm-hmm. upper middle class, like spoiled kid. Like I want an alligator. Do you think there's a city law that says alligators cannot live in the city? <laughs> it's it's like alligators are wanting to try to live, move to Kansas, and they're saying yeah, no. It makes you wonder how many times this has happened that they felt the need to create some <laughs> sort of ordinance or law against it. Well, the alligator appeared to be one foot long. P- photos posted online show it soaking in a tub of water and someone holding the animal. Uh, they're marinating it. <laughs> At this point, anything the prairie dog to eat. Next story, two alligators found in one day in Kansas. Holy shit. <laughs> and it's not every day two alligators are discovered in it's the not landlocked. any day. <laughs> in the landlocked state of Kansas. Uh, yet, this happened past in the last week. On Monday, a small alligator was discovered under a vehicle in Olathe. As we read about earlier, an animal control officer brought the gator back to the city shelter, and it's been staying there ever since. Olathe police said the alligator will go to a reptile rescue in Manhattan, Kansas, later. After all, alligators are not allowed in the city, it says once again. The same day the little gator was discovered in Olathe, a much bigger alligator, more than four feet long, was spotted in nearby Bayshore in the middle of the road. Hmm. I honestly laughed a little, said Natalie Cohen, who stopped her car. I was like, this has to be a joke. It's not real. It's a hilarious joke if it is. Sure. The one that makes no sense. Sheriff deputies in we Bayshore. ate a toddler. That was, that was <laughs> fucking, I, I mean, gosh, that was a niche the best. Yeah, a height of comedy. Uh, they didn't know what to do. One deputy even drew his gun because that's what Kansas <laughs> cops do in any situation they're unfamiliar with. Eventually, officers learned that Bayshore Gator was a pet and had escaped the neighbor's property. But they only have one bullet, so it's all good. <laughs> it went home. On its own, after people left it home. <laughs> yeah. Where it alone. is home? It went home. Where is home? Everybody knows pet alligators have a fine oh, sense of Oh, you know the little direction. branch that runs behind the uh, playground? Yeah. That's home. Yeah, right next to the playground. It, yeah, of the school. <laughs> <laughs> we just let it go home. Yeah. So Not that, cause any trouble. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, the last toddler it ate wasn't even American. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't well, I mean, even... it may have been an American citizen, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Real American. <laughs> 
Kansas magician returns to entertain artist alleygoers. World famous in certain parts of Kansas. World famous in certain parts of Kansas. <laughs> I think they need is to reevaluate a, what world famous means. Is that, a, is that that's not tongue in cheek? That's somebody wrote that. Somebody wrote that with all seriousness. Uh, as he describes himself, he said, "Magician Peter Walderscheid returns to Chanute's downtown pavilion for a performance in the 2018 Artist Alley Festival. Magic by Pete Walderscheid's act will be at noon on Saturday." Yeah, it'll be nice for something other than criminal sex acts to happen in that mm-hmm, alley. Sure. I mean, this is the one week in a year. Yeah, or gator fetching. <laughs> I'll be seeing people before the parade, too, Walter Scheid said. I like walking the streets. I bet <laughs> you do. It's been part of your job as a homeless person. Yeah. Uh, Walter Scheid, a retired pharmacist from Coffeeville, previously performed at 2015 and 2017 Artist Alley events. He's a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians, the Society of American Magicians, the Academy of Magical Arts, mm-hmm. and the Fellowship of Christian mag- magicians. Boy, I'm guessing that guy gets a ton of pussy. <laughs> but the, you know, the Christian magicians, now that, Ooh, that's, I mean, this is, we're talking about the same group of people that got upset about Harry Potter books. So yes, I don't right. know how those two things meld I together. I know, it's two things that coincide <laughs> badly. <laughs> yeah. And also the whole magician thing. I mean, nothing dries up a woman's pussy short of throwing kitty litter into it <laughs> than a magician. He received the first runner-up award in the Stage magi- Magician of the Year in 2017. First runner-up, huh? From the ring number 20. 129 of he the looked internet. terrible in a bathing suit. That's why he lost. <laughs> oh, the magician bathing suit competition mm-hmm. trips up so many. Yeah, yeah and the, it was yeah. the cock magic. Mm-hmm. That did cock magic. <laughs> so he's not. It's not what you think. Yeah, <laughs> puppetry of the penis. It's uh, he's not even the best magician in Kansas. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are we talking about him for? He's been involved with the magic since 1970s when he recorded an HBO show on TV with an eight millimeter home movie film, so he could study a ball and cup trick by the illusionist Di Vernon. I think he meant two girls and cup trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so I saw that for the first time, like literally a week ago. Two girls in one cup. I avoided it for years because people yeah. told me how graphic over and awful a it was. decade. Yeah. What ma- so what brought you back to the? Uh, Somebody sent girls- it to me apropos of nothing on a, on a fucking Facebook message. You know, I just yeah. clicked on it and I was like, "What is this?" And then <laughs> soft serve. Here we come. I'm like, "Is this two girls in a cup?" And I'm like, and I watched for maybe another thirty forty minutes. No, thirty forty seconds is more. Times. I was like, "Oh, this is just awful." You know that whole terrible, terrible Two Girls, One Cup thing mm-hmm. is just the trailer for a real-life movie that is a full, like, 90 minutes or so that. of that kind of activity going on? <laughs> I couldn't believe I was, I'm I was really kind of disappointed. I've, like, I've, I have actively avoided that for over a decade. Well, I'm hard just thinking about it. I know you are. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, anyway, hey, we've the really way, gone off the Listeners who uh, would have been probably somewhere about six or seven years old when that video came out, I suggest you go look up... <laughs> Two girls, one cup. Yeah, and so you can catch the the cultural reference we're getting at. It's a real beaut. And a uh, little little safety tip: don't do it at school or work. <laughs> yeah, your computer will melt. Or in the company of those you love. Yeah, really, don't, just don't do, do it. it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> just that. do what scratch, I did and just it. avoid it for a decade until somebody sends you a private Facebook message. It is the worst thing ever, other than Kansas football, which takes us to our next topic. What's the scoop with the football team this week, Caleb? Well, they lost just because they exist. Yeah, they lost to the bye week. Yep, bye week 37, Kansas 0. <laughs> Dicked them. Yeah, so uh, Kansas luckily didn't play football this week. Miraculously for David Beatty, he survives another week. I don't think they're going to fire him midseason. I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? 
I mean, you well, what did you somebody, expect? You, I mean, you're going to bring somebody else in who's not going to lose every single game? I find that hard to believe. My, hire Barry. Mm, yeah, yeah. He may be available. Could be seat shuffling. So, anyway, this has been Kansas News. We'll take our final break for the day. We'll come back and go around the horn with the SEC. This is the Mazzotcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian and a true American, buy you some Schlafly beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly beer. are back and this is the song Sniper Channel by the band One Inch Punch. If you'd like to send your music in, you can send it to mizodcast at gmail.com. And now, as we do every week, it's time to take a look at the rest of the SEC and how they're doing. So it's time for SEC Around the Horn. We, we, we break our bread and waffle house, our kings are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you fire up our good friend, the Paul Finebot? Will do. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Hello, Paul. Let's get started. All right. Okay, Caleb. Who was on the docket this week? Well, first off was the best cover of the day, Florida and Vanderbilt. (laughs) And one of the craziest first halves I've possibly ever seen of SEC football. Yeah, Florida looked absolutely terrible in that first half. Oh, it was brutal. The coaches almost fought at one point. Yeah, they were really odoming it. In the first half. <laughs> oh, fuck. Florida looked like shit after me and Brendan had talked midweek. and like, Florida's for real now. You know, they're yeah. going to stop the shit out of Annie. This is a great That's what cover. you guys said about Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Colin probably that. doesn't know that we said that because I don't think he was in the show <laughs> in the middle of the week. Nope, wasn't here. <laughs> never never available on Brendan's lunch hour. So I'm never available, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I was like, man, at first I get beat by not following Caleb's uh, prediction, and now I'm going to get beat by following Caleb's prediction. But it turns out that was all. A mirage they covered that. They covered that eight points. Yeah, yeah. thirty-seven, twenty-seven. I want to thank Vanderbilt for making an unnecessary stop against Florida because <laughs> honestly, they would have they would have only lost by seven if they'd have just uh, absolutely. It was the best cover of the week. Yeah, Maybe they stopped them on third down, and so and Florida's like, that, I guess we should kick. Did you, did you see that Mason and Mullen about? Went to, oh yeah! Went oh, did I ever see that? That yeah. was fun, and I was really hoping it would happen because Mullen would not survive against no. a Derek Mason. Derek Mason is so has so much muscle; he doesn't have a neck anymore. Yeah, like and, I'm pretty sure Mullen was gonna 
And he's a little Ogeron-y when he talks. Have yeah. you noticed he's very gruff? Mm-hmm. He needs a lozenge. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was hoping they'd do to that right on the field. I don't know why Dan Mullen... It'd be better, would... than, it'd be better than watching Vanderbilt football. Yeah, the first half of You're right game. about that. Nancy Ball. Anyway, fuck Vandy. And then let's move on to, well, my pick this week in the knockout league was Auburn. They played Tennessee. Yeah, well, that's obviously an easy win for Gravy Auburn. Gravy for, you know, ranked team. Auburn's like 17th in the country. Yep. Yeah, they lost twenty four to thirty to Tennessee. That seems I don't impossible. agree. <laughs> no, Paul, I don't there's agree. no room for disagreement. Mean, they lost. No. <laughs> no, they lost. No. For the first time since nineteen ninety nine, Tennessee beat Auburn. I don't know. That's been a that's been a stretch. Yeah, and, and let's circle back to note that Tennessee is not good. No. No. They're, they're not good at football. Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I, I just feel like it's uh, it's finally karma's coming around. You can't wear those stupid sweaters that Malzahn puts on every week and, and not have the universe eventually kick you in the balls. Well, and you know what? He didn't wear a sweater vest last week. And I, I first thing I picked up on, and I thought maybe that's where the trouble started. Maybe. Maybe I'm completely off. Maybe it's a sweater vest that we're They're bringing. keeping things together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But uh, it was not an outcome I expected. And I will say this. You know, we've got our knockout league, our survival league, the Mazadcast has been hosting this year. Uh, we have 31 entrants. In the last two weeks alone, 15 teams have been eradicated because of Auburn. Yeah. Last week and this week, people had faith in Auburn to win, and they have not. Yeah. Now we're down to our final we're seven. We're talking about Malzahn not surviving this season. I've and, heard that, too, um, yeah. I think Malzahn's a decent coach. I, yeah. I, I, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, and Caleb, you're out now. Did you? Done. Know yeah. I'm done. I'm I mean, he Auburn. does wear cool. stupid sweaters, and I'm saying he's a, like a, a great coach, and I just, let's put it this way. When they said, hey, less miles to Mizzou, which I knew wasn't going to happen, but I thought, no, I, I don't want less miles, thanks, but no thanks. But if somebody said malls on to Mizzou, I'd be like, oh, I might, okay. Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, fuck Auburn. They cost me the knockout league. The prizes are going to be fantastic at the end. I was hoping to win those things. Yeah, I know. Already, you know, we already own them, but yeah. I was hoping to keep them with Yeah, me. no kidding. Adios. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Well, and Brendan's pick is the next game. He picked A&M to beat South Carolina, and they did. That was a uh, nail-biter, though. But I uh, had faith that South Carolina wasn't that good after seeing them beat Missouri. Yeah. So, like I said, they shouldn't have beat Missouri. No, but it was a nail-biter, and A&M didn't look great, but they had just enough to uh, win that one. Yeah, I tell you what, looking just at a glance at the league right now and the coaching and things going on, like I'm thinking A&M in Florida may have made good choices at coaching mm-hmm. and uh, may uh, start to be hurt. I mean, especially for A&M, who has kind of been the whipping boy. Yeah. I mean, even in the uh, Johnny Manziel days, it wasn't like they were in the playoffs. No, you know they, what had, I mean? they had one win against Alabama. Yeah. And I that mean, was their so, moment in the sun. But A&M hasn't been good, really good in years. And, no, not um, since the Big 12 days. And Florida, you know, since... Not since we've been in the Big 12 You know, SEC. Tebow has been basically gone. They have been, you know... Good, but middling. Yeah. You know, I both, didn't, both programs uh, look like they're they're heading the right direction. And A&M, there's no reason A&M should not be no, they're in, in Texas. the top five in the nation every year. They're in Texas, where all the talent's at. They've got more money than God. They literally, their campus it's, is literally an oil field. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like They print money. Yeah. Why are they bad? Yeah. Why have, why, Mizzou, we used to call their field furrow west. west. I mean, because it was like we just whooped their ass yeah. all the time. Didn't make any sense. All right, and the big upset of the week, LSU played Georgia, the number two team in the Is country. Is that really that big an upset, ultimately? You know, after we played Georgia, the mystique for them was gone for me. That's what I'm saying. Like, we were competitive with Georgia, and I haven't seen them just uh, taking people apart necessarily. I, well, Florida beat LSU. I think that's I mean, where they I guess yeah. what I'm thinking of is, like, when I look at Alabama and Georgia – 
Alabama is far and away better than Georgia is. Yeah. And they're number one. And if Georgia's number two, then there's a huge gap there. And I just right. don't think the gap, that gap is that large between Georgia and LSU. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, though, after LSU was given trouble by Florida, yeah. nobody expected that. But now yeah. people are starting to realize that maybe Florida's better than we thought. Yeah, it scares the shit out of me because I, mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd turn it around this rapidly. Yeah, they, well, dro- they dropped LSU down in like 13 and they'll put them back in the top four I feel like today. A team like yeah. Florida is always, a, is always just a coach away from being good because it's Florida and they're always going to have a bunch of four and five star recruits on the roster. It's just, are you going to have the right, are you going to have, you know, McElwain or Muschamp, or are you going to have Mullen? You know, like, who's it going to be? Who's going to, somebody's if, either going to make a great meal a out of this or somebody's going to fuck it up. If they had a quarterback that could do <gasps> that Frank's anything, terrible. they uh, would be awesome. Imagine if they had that Greer, Greer guy yeah. from uh, West Virginia. Imagine if he went to Florida for some reason. Yeah, although he got beat by Iowa State yesterday, but yes. But still. Oh, I know, I know. Frank's kid. And then, like I said, before Frank's, Frank's had to win the job, and before that, it was uh, Del Rio. I mean, they yeah. have had some turd burgers. I can't believe they don't have somebody Florida better than Frank's. quarterback. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I bet you whoever Drew Locke's backup is, and I don't know who that is, is better than who Florida's starting right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's actually a tra- in the backup, the transfer from another SEC school. I don't agree. Well, you don't have to agree, Paul, but I'm telling you, their quarterback is garbage. Yeah, he's no. not He's not fucking good. He's no. a terrible, terrible football player. Okay, I, I give up. You're right. I'm wrong. I agree. Ooh. He's getting cantankerous. All right, last game of the week. Okay. Ole Miss, Arkansas. Anybody take any guesses on this one? Brendan, you probably watched it. I did watch it. Yes, I did. Yeah. That was a, uh, it was a good game to watch, and it was a, much like the Florida game. Yeah, it's not helping me feel better about the playing Arkansas, I can tell you that. No, and it shouldn't, because it was much like the Florida Vanderbilt game, uh, where Vanderbilt shot out in front. Arkansas did the same thing to Ole Miss, and it looked like Ole Miss had no answers for Arkansas's offense. And yet, down 17 points, Ole Miss fought their way back in went 95 yards in the last two minutes of the game and beat Arkansas. 37-33. Yeah, the, the most, uh, the, the worst thing I can say about what happened to the Tigers yesterday is the Tigers with their running backs and great tight ends and quote-unquote Heisman quarterback managed to put up 10 against Alabama. And uh, guess what Arkansas scored against them last week? What's I remember that? that? I think it was 31. Yes, sir. So uh, what's Arkansas going to do to Missouri? They scored 31 against Alabama. <laughs> they are a really good football uh, team. I didn't say that. They're fantastic. <laughs> Come on, Paul. He's drunk again. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. I know. It's all scary. It's not looking good, boys. No, it's not. It's not looking good. Well, that's the last game of this week. That's uh-huh. all we had on the schedule. All right. And uh, next week? We have Auburn visiting Ole Miss. God, who's going to win that game? Yeah. Auburn. Yeah, I agree with Paul. I'm going to go with Auburn. I feel like Auburn's going to right the ship a little bit. Auburn. I hope. And uh, Arkansas might get right because they're playing Tulsa. Yeah. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They are a really good football God, team. Paul is on Arkansas this week. Yeah, he really liked what they did. Dug them. In the loss. Yeah. <laughs> and as Colin will talk about uh, earlier on, about shoving the broom handle and breaking it off, Tennessee gets to uh, play Alabama this week. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. We know who's going to win that, Paul. Nick Saban. Yep. Alabama. You think Nick was happy with the crowd last night? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention. It was, I read it was the second highest rated Alabama game. Well, do you realize year? why they, one, it was homecoming, and two, they returned to Dixieland Delight. I don't know if you guys knew this, but a few yeah. years ago, they got Erratic rid of singing Dixieland. Well, that's right. That's the song, Caleb. You absolutely know the song I'm talking about. You know how Boston sings Sweet Caroline? Well, Alabama, if you've never been to Tuscaloosa, does the same thing in the third quarter to Dixieland Delight, much as we do the Missouri Waltz. Um, but uh, imagine the Missouri Waltz at a Mizzou game. Only imagine it a hundred times better, and you kind of have an understanding of what Dixie Delight is. But anyway, the student section had made the lyrics a bit salty. 
let's say, and uh, the administration at Alabama didn't like that for some reason. I guess they yeah. do a little fucking smoking in their corn cob pipes and blowing in their fucking jugs long enough to, to realize they didn't like the lyrics. Hey, Paso. <laughs> and so they took it away. Well, they brought back Dixieland to light last night against the Tigers. Well, it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. worked. And the crowd was, they were literally were saying that a lot of the crowd showed up just for the return of Dixieland to light. I would have. Yeah, just yeah. for that 30 seconds. You're right. Okay, we got two more games left. Mississippi State visits LSU down in the swamp in the bow. LSU. LSU. There's no LSU. reason to pick against them at this point. No. They're fantastic. You, I kind of agree with you, Paul. And then the last game. You should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is the battle of border states here. We've got Vandy and Kentucky. Vandy and Kentucky. Well, that should be Kentucky all the way. God, I'd hope so. Kentucky. The weird thing about Vanderbilt is they're never super duper bad. You know what I mean? They're, their defense is always solid and their offense is, you know, ugh, but it's like they're never just like kick themselves in the nuts bad. I don't agree. But they never get over the hump either. You no. know what I mean? Like they don't bury Odomit where they just, yeah. their, their team constantly. You know, kills themselves with self-inflicted wounds, but they they just never get over that hump. Well, they have smart kids there. That's true. You know, they smart, do have really smart, real kids. smart kids. Yeah, they're not doing rest. Not all their uh, players are doing hotel and restaurant management as their major. Mm-hmm. Except when <laughs> Jay Cutler was there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then of course we have the Missouri game against Memphis at home, homecoming for our returning Tigers. One, do you think there will be anyone in the stands? Gosh, I don't know. What's the weather supposed to be like? Is it nice? It's the third weekend for Herman. Isn't that the big weekend down at the Oktoberfest? It was 60 degrees is what I saw last time. Yeah. Are uh, the St. Louis residents going to drive to Columbia for the football game, or are they going to take the exit to Herman and get loaded on wine? (laughs) They can do both. They can do two things. I've done it before. It's a nice day. (laughs) It's a big day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, obviously Barry Odom, it'll be an important game to him because uh, he coached at Memphis and, of course, Missouri now. And so, I don't know. (laughs) If we start losing, Barry may switch (laughs) sidelines. That's right. I like it it over here. Might be invited to do such. Yeah. Yeah. So Nice. Yeah, Memphis look good. I mean, it, we, we just played Alabama. They're the toughest team we're ever going to face. We're not going to be shell-shocked to see Memphis. Things should look easier for the guys, I guess. And theoretically, we'll have Hall and Brown back. We should win this game. I feel like the one upside to it coming off a game like Alabama is you'd be like, the offensive line be like, God, this defensive lineman is so much easier than last week's. <laughs> right. Oh, man, this is so much easier than last week's. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. So hopefully that uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. So I think it'll be a close one, but I think we can pull it out. I say 31-24, Tigers. No, I'm going to say 38-31, Tigers. I'm going to say 38-24. 28-21, Tigers. Mm, all that's right. Fair. Okay. Well, I guess this has done it for SEC Around the Horn. Goodbye, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. You're welcome. Adios. So it's time, as we do every week, to give out a couple of awards the first one is the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Candidates, fellas, for Douche of the Week. That bitch Carol on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there was an old woman from Alabama who was upset that Missouri was the dirtiest team in the SEC. Uh, and she's referring to the point where the Alabama player was punching our guy in the ribs repeatedly. Yeah, he went on Twitter to apologize for his behavior. And this old lady basically said, I'm glad you did it. Missouri's the dirtiest team in the SEC. Right. She was... <laughs> Basically saying Missouri's dirty while saying something incredibly dirty. Yeah. So <laughs> encouraging dirty behavior. No, she loves does, her malty poo and Jesus. Does, yeah. does a, and malto meal. Yeah. Does, does a Twitter 
mention uh, on a post with 48 followers. Yeah, I don't Does know. That, I don't know if an old woman somewhere in Alabama can warrant the entire douche of the week yeah, award. I'm not sure about um, that. Yeah, it's pretty random. Pretty random. Well, a couple of press box super friends were getting real sideways with fans, but you know we don't want to get into that because we know uh, some of those press box super friends got real big feelings and listen to the show. Yeah, they're so, super uh, sensitive. Yeah, super <laughs> sensitive, and they definitely listen to the show regularly. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we don't want to go down that road. You know, for on field play, I think the player who was uh, throwing the haymakers deserves a nomination at, at least. The legs throwing the haymakers at his butthole. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, butthole, butthole the crazy kicker. thing is you have to go to like another country and pay a lot of money to have somebody jam their fist at their butthole that often. Yeah, left and, and right costs hooks money to... most of the time. <laughs> the left and right hooks to the ribs and then the old knee to the tuchus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it was the knee to the butthole, not a fist. But either way. Yeah. It's all Still. butt it's all butt stuff. It's, it's all... all butt play. <laughs> That's right. You kids know about that. Yeah. Did somebody get is Raekwon Davis is the guy who did it. Yeah. Did uh, should know his name if we're gonna give him an award. Did any black folk get uppity and make Clay Travis really mad uh this week? <laughs> not that and, I know, you know of. I think that's feel like that's his big trigger. Yeah. Not that I not that I saw. I've almost He's not not really up not Clay not upset that they, there's not separate water fountains anymore or anything like that. <laughs> not that okay. I've seen. Well then I got I guess we can give it to that guy. Let's do it. Fuck him. let's give another award to Alabama. <laughs> Douche of the week. Good job, Raekwon. Douche of the week. Maybe this will be a little easier. It's time to celebrate the good things about Mizzou football. The best player this week will be awarded the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Gentlemen, uh, who do you think? I'll say who is not. Drew Locke. No, no. He uh, didn't step up to the moment once Caleb again. Caleb mentioned that Therese Hall was playing really well before he got kicked out of the game. <laughs> he sure was. Yeah, up until that moment, he's definitely the player of the game. He was everywhere. And I don't fault him for that targeting penalty because the guy lowered his head into Therese Hall's helmet. What can a motherfucker do? Nothing. You nothing. Can't if, nothing if you're Missouri and the SEC officials are in charge of your fate. Yeah. I really don't know who to give it to. I will say Fatoni looked good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, he, and he hasn't got one in a long time. No. Considering he used to get them like every game. You know, and what I've been hoping, you talked about how we didn't, or how we did punt when we shouldn't have. Yeah. I've been really hoping for a fucking, I know Georgia did it and failed this week, but a fake punt. You know what I mean? Like set up for a punt and then do something crazy and let Fatoni get those legs moving. Let's, He's done it once before. Let's have a year. little perspective from this standpoint. It just, I just realized something. Okay. It wasn't that long ago when every time we got to this point in the show, we were giving Tony, Corey Fatoni the player of the game. I mean, right. there was a time. Yeah. And when it, when, you don't think it was ever worse than it is right now. Right. But it was. Right. Corey Fatoni won like 18 consecutive Kirk Farmer's hair player games. <laughs> he really games. did. Yeah. And uh, we haven't had him. I don't think we've given Fatoni He one. deserves I, one. Fatoni hasn't been punting that much, honestly. Even That's right. We're losing. So, um, that is a good indicator that things aren't as bad as they've been in yeah. the past. Is that we have players, Drew Locke, Alberto, Roundtree. Fucking Fatoni on the show as a guest. That's right. Because now I'm afraid to because he's going to be super mad at us. <laughs> we right. better give him the award. Yep. Let's, let's do that. Let's, okay, Corey Fatoni, <laughs> hats off. You're the player of the week. Maybe that'll help if we do try to get him back on the horn. Yeah, we can talk to him maybe in the midweek show. I don't know. We'll try. Present him the award. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, hey, we did give you the Kirk Farmer's hair play of the game, and maybe he won't be so cross. Before we go, guys, just how are you feeling? What's your attitude? Three and three, getting whooped. I felt a lot worse after South Carolina, but I I should. We should have won that game. You know, like, there's no outcome to this uh, football game other than the outcome that we had. So I'm uh, tepid. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm melancholy. Okay. Yeah, I'm melancholy too. I'm like I am always with Mizzou. 
With a chance skeptically for, optimistic against yeah, yeah. skeptically optimistic melancholy against with a chance of you know infinite sadness yeah <laughs> and that'll sum it up today M I Z C O U go Tigers. Three punches and a knee to the butthole. 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 Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.